catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. When the discussion about cybersecurity comes up, many small business owners and managers leave the room or <laughs> rather they leave the group because it does not concern them because not many small businesses are targeted by hackers and cyber criminals or maybe because when the hack actually happens it does not mean much in the grand scheme of things well both assumptions may be very wrong because most small businesses have their data tied around the owner and if and when either the owner or business is at risk everything and by everything i mean everything is at risk Cybersecurity is important because it protects all categories of data from theft and damage. This includes sensitive data, personally identified information, protected health information, personal information, intellectual property, data, and governmental and industry information systems. Considering one, that micro, small and medium businesses are the life wire of many African economies and that cyber threats have continued to increase, shouldn't you start staying to listening to these conversations, start asking relevant questions and start putting to practice the advice you're given? You may think that you only need to manage your cash, engage in lean planning understand your margins on all your products and services, have a strategy for recruiting and retaining talent, or for those who go far enough, maybe only think that they need to develop a database culture. But then you need to listen to these 10 practicable cybersecurity tips for small businesses if you're either a small business owner, manager, or employee. A cybersecurity researcher and content creator, educator and advocate, an author and a public speaker, and also the director of ICT at Spiritan University, Nochi, Abia in Nigeria, and the convener Coalition for Women Professionals, will be doing justice to this discussion. Chioma Chigozie Okwum. So a little backstory to this discussion, yeah? She shared her 10 practicable cybersecurity tips each for small businesses, which made up the 1001 tips from 101 experts around the world, which Belmont Business Enterprise Center Australia put out. Let's start off with the first one. Uh, cybersecurity is everyone's business. Small business owners and managers just left the room and they're like, no, nah, it, it, big businesses most likely. Yeah. <laughs> Cybersecurity is actually everybody's business. So I'm going to approach this from two perspectives. I'm going to approach it from the perspective that every single person that works in an, an establishment, from the butler who opens the door to the CEO, have to understand the business of cybersecurity and cyber safety best practices. And this is because you might not know where the breach is going to come from. It can be a careless IoT that is used as an entry key, you know, it could be anything. So that is one aspect. And then whether about self-security being everybody's business, whether you are running a one-man business, a sole proprietorship, or you are running a medium or small-scale industry, or you are talking about big firms, or the government, no matter the level of interaction, because we're even saying that as individuals, we should be cyber secure. So as long as you are you are you are running a firm, there is something you have that is of value that 
cyber threats can exploit. And if you don't want to be safe for yourself, you will learn how to be safe because you could be a vendor to a big company that does a lot of due diligence and, and has to ensure that whatever small business they are interacting with are almost on the same page with them with regards to cyber safety best practices. So if you are not embracing cyber security and all it entails, you could be handing yourself the short end of the stick because when the chips are down, it could be the reason why you will lose out from a contract or a supply or a vendorship role that you are so qualified for. But because you decided to turn a blind eye and see it that, no, I shouldn't put these things in place. After all, I'm just running a one-man business. It's just me here. No, you have to secure because you have data, you have information. It is attractive out there and cyber threats can exploit it. Now, to the second tip, you mentioned being a vendor to a bigger, a larger organization. And the second tip deals with quality assuring vendors and third-party partners of the small business. How important is this? Yeah, this is very vital because let me just give an analogy. Maybe in real life, or we call it cow security. Nobody lets in a thief or someone with bad reputation into their establishment to interact business with them or even into their homes. So if you are a small business, you have vendors, you have partners, you have people that you collaborate with, there is always going to be sharing of uh, information back and forth. There might be a time when there will be points where you people exchange payments for goods and services and all that. So if everybody is not on the same page, you know, we've had issues of men in the middle attacks, we've had issues of sniffing and spoofing of emails. These things happen every day. So, but if we have a standard that we can use to check on the vendors that we interact business with, our partners, people that we collaborate with, to ensure that how seriously that we take issues of cybersecurity is also how they take these issues so that they don't become a vulnerability point because we could be doing everything right and because they are lax in their own approaches to cyber is, uh, security issues they might not become an entry point or a, a point of vulnerability that you know our own little efforts will now have to go to waste because we didn't carry out due diligence and ensure that they do the right things that they are supposed to do as vendors as our partners and people that we do business with now we'll move on to the third tip and this tip is very important especially for small businesses on the continent of Africa. The update infrastructure, most companies and small businesses deal with outdated software and hardware. And you pointed out that it's a vulnerability point. How do we re-educate ourselves on the use of outdated software and hardware? Yeah, with regards to updates, this is, in fact, is a, a weakness that is so endemic. Like almost everybody is guilty, not just small businesses, even the so-called big businesses. You find them using outdated software and even hardware. Someone will say, I just updated this app and it still looks the same. You might not understand the importance of these uh, updates that are being run on on these uh, softwares and hardware because there is something we call patching patching is when we identify bugs in a software or maybe it could be in a hardware you know on a software and then if we identify these bugs then we we now implement patches which are treatment for those bugs so at every point in time that there is an update it could be that there are bugs or there are glitches that have been identified in the software and these glitches have been fixed and you know have been patched up to i prevent zero day attacks you know that could happen when 
they have not found you know these attacks that, that happen when these uh, patches have not been found but if you are still using the old the unupdated software or hardware the propensity of you falling victim to these issues that have been fixed in the updated version is also very very high that's the reason why we advocate that whenever you're using if you're using hardware there are some hardware that are no longer compatible with some security solutions that have been created the other time hp was saying that there are some of their hardware that they are encouraging people that they should stop using because these ones are no longer compliant or compatible as in they've, they've been phased out and all that so we need to start educating people on the importance of updates it's not just for a change in feature it's not just for the app to start flying or for the app to start looking one way or the other there are so many security benefits that you get each time you update an app or, or, or a software or each time you are using at least we're not saying that everybody should use to 10th generation or whatever so recent hardware but at least try to be within the reach of those specifications that these security patches cover so that you also protect yourself from the bugs that have been identified in these resources, whether they are hardware or software. This one also reminds me of how some businesses also use unverified applications and softwares. Exactly. Crack softwares. That's common practice around here. You know, you use crack softwares. Those softwares are not original. They are not licensed copies. You are just like someone who is on, on his own. You know, any issue that arises, you know, you should take responsibility for them because it's like we are working on, I don't know whether to say you built your house on a sandy or sea sand, you know, that can be washed away whenever there is tide and all that. Okay. Now, it's very important also for employees to be trained. And that's the fourth tip for small businesses, a robust cybersecurity training plan. How robust should this plan be and how should it address the individual employees? Yes, I tell people, which is the crux of what I do. I develop cyber safety security training programs for businesses and all that. You know, I create courses for them. I create implementation plans. I even come to train. So I tell people all the time when I'm, I'm developing these training programs that when you develop a one-size-fits-all training program for every member of staff, it doesn't serve the purpose because at every level, our, our level of understanding and then the level of work that we do, the access we have to the systems are different. There is need to create, uh, you know, we call it user-tailored awareness program that addresses, you could group your staff members, you know, according to the work they do and how much exposure they have to your system and then with this you, you now use it to create these uh, awareness programs so that everybody gets to a level of knowledge based on what they do and what they know their own level of literacy and all that you because the way i'll be i'll be training your, the it staff on cyber security is not the way i will train the guys in hr or how i, I, I will train the guys at the security or how i would train the guys that are doing marketing or the guys in the store so that is why it is important to create when i say robust does the robustness there is just that you have scaled this your training plan to address the needs of the variety of staff you have with you know having in mind their literacy level when i say literacy i mean their educational literacy level their digital literacy level and then the level of work that they do so that everybody gets what they need and gets the knowledge that serves 
them for their work and also for their personal needs with regards to cybersecurity. It's exciting to know that the plan has, before you even get to the fifth tip, it has a human face to it in the area of training. For the tip number five, it's ensuring that all payment terminals are foolproof. Now, small businesses most especially are looking for very easy way of their clients to make payments. And should we place security of these terminals way over the ease of access and ease of payment. There should be a trade-off or strike a balance between ease of use, convenience, and security. Because if all we care is about, are we always available to collect payments? Our clients, is it so easy for them to pay? And at the expense of how secure are these payment portals, then we might be shooting ourselves in the leg. I tell people that there has to be a balance between availability, usability, and security. When you're talking about payments, the terminals, be them for point of sales terminals or all these fintechs that provide you payment platforms. So there should be a level of fact checks to understand how these platforms have been built and then how much access do they have to personal data? What do they do with the personal data in case there are issues of breach? How are these things resolved? You, these are things that you must have to, you know, do before you sign up to any kind of payment platform. Because if you don't do these things and then your customers as a small business, after they use this, your, your payment platform, then after two, three, four days, they suffer a breach on their bank uh, cards and all that. If it happens to one, two, three, four persons, then this, these uh, reviews will begin to pour into your business. And then you, you don't want to be seen as a, a platform used to scam uh, people. So that is why it is important for you to be, to be very careful with regards to payment the terminals and ensure that they are, they are foolproof and that they are secure and that people can actually trust you when they are using these payment platforms. Yeah, so it's important for small business to not just jump on the newest thing or technology that says you can tran- you can make payments in five seconds and everything is quite convenient. You need to demand uh, to know how secure these platforms are before you integrate them. How, what efforts did these developers put into ensuring that the users are secure? Let, let's not just be carried away by speed of light. And that fire, you, you could actually use it when you are asleep and all that. No, you could get you could get all those services, and then once you you know use them, and the next minute you have lost all your money, then we will understand which one is more. You know, would you rather endure yeah, being on on the payment platform for like two three minutes and they get what you want, or would you rather do a ten seconds transaction and then lose everything that you have? to a platform that was not uh, most of most times so these uh, cyber criminals also infiltrate most of these payment uh, platforms but it is only the ones that have put in a lot of security measures are able to know when there is a breach on their line and then they are able to attack it you know offensively and defensively and also take back control of their platform so that is the things that you should look out for before you sign up to any kind of payment platform to avoid stories that touch according to 
And the second tip that has a human face is tip number six, which is about minimizing chances of breeding malicious insiders. Most uh, small businesses don't take this as a very serious thing. The human face uh, and human development, ensuring that insiders are not disgruntled, unsatisfied, or even uninformed. And this goes back to touch the other tip about training. So what do you have to say about minimizing? Because can we totally erase the chance or can we only just minimize the chance of malicious insiders? Yeah, because human needs are insatiable. That is why you cannot satisfy everybody. But there is a level you will have a culture of having human face in everything you do. And it, it will even get to the point where when someone be, wants to become a disgruntled or a, a, a malicious insider, his co-workers will actually become the eye. You, you understand? Because of how well they are being treated. I, I once read about an attack that was supposed to happen to a firm. I'm not very sure, but I, I just read it in passing. You know, these cyber criminals, I approached this guy, a regular staff in the company that wasn't earning so much. They approached him and offered him so many, so much money for him to be, become their, you know, foothold to enter, you know, and attack the, the company. The guy told them that he, he wouldn't do that to the firm because they always shared in his pain and in his joy. You know, he got his leave as at when due. He got his pay as at when due. He was happy with his boss. His boss had a, a human face. So with his help, they were they were even able to track down because of the communication trail between him and those guys. They were able to track down those cyber criminals. If you don't consider your staff as part of the people that own this business, because they are, they are the ones that do you know that carry out the operations of the business. They are the ones that carry the cross of the business. To say, if you don't care about them, you don't care about their welfare. They don't get paid. You know, that's even the worst. They don't get paid as at when due. Then they, they have these issues of uh, having money issues at home that they can't solve. And yet they have to be at, you know, when they are sick, they have to be at work. Even if, you know, they, they, they haven't had their leave and all that. You find that you begin to breed a lot of bad blood, a lot of bile and a lot of bitterness in your staff. And they would become a point of vulnerability. There's what we call human social engineers. They could begin to psych them. They could begin to try to use them them to you know breach your company so if you don't pay attention to people becoming malicious people will call them uninformed those ones are the the ones that are also very greedy you know you should also be able to understand these people so pay very good attention to issues that could turn your insiders into your vulnerability point because no matter what you do with your perimeter security if the core is bad and is faulty whatever you do on the perimeter is just mere lip service so because we see that most small businesses you know because they are struggling and uh, maybe they have just one owner struggling to most times they don't pay very good attention to their staffers and people that are you know working for them inside them as in, inside the establishment yeah just as we're getting to tip seven uh, i mean some people would you know start relaxing and they'll be like okay so let's just uh, rest the beats let's let's rest our legs and our hands how important is it for small businesses not to relax and get complacent and who exactly is supposed to carry this on their head and how should the staff be encouraged not to relax and be complacent? Yeah, it is uh, normal for 
humans to adhere to rules and regulation you know at the initial time there is this vigor there is this drive to you know keep to all the rules change your password when you should activate this activate that don't use this don't use that you know report this report that people do that when you're at the initial point but then there is a, a point that we call the point where they uh, start acquiring the characteristic of becoming complacent when they feel mm, all these things that we are doing is it even necessary let, let me just relax that is when you see some staff they will not start sharing their their password with their whole staff someone that is supposed to be a supervisor that's supposed to authorize the work of someone beneath you will not give that person your password the person will send requests to you and still authorize for for himself you know you see these things happen people now become complacent so there are solutions that uh, can be created using intelligent computing approaches using different kinds of machine learning algorithms that monitors your system and ensures that all security protocols are followed to the letter so that you know there there are no issues of complacency there are no issues of relaxation there are no issues of lax so these systems you know monitor you they force you to do these things and they even log your data they even study to find out whether you are beginning to grow complacent they warn you when you are beginning to grow complacent and when you want to start evading these security protocols they don't let you because you maybe you, you won't be able to move to the next level these are some ideas that so many people i know are actually working on these issues in different labs um, there are things that we can because if you say you, you want to be the one to maybe you tell them to always change their password every 30 days if you don't use technology to monitor them and to enforce it you know you may not be there to check you know to go around everybody to ensure that everybody is doing everything that, that, that they're supposed to do but with technology once you have given the order override when this is not done you can't move to the next level unless you do what you what you are supposed to do okay you also talked about reward system for to encourage uh, the staff to you know keep on with this and this leads to tip 8 which is about instilling and sustaining a strong cybersecurity culture let's let's get into this one every establishment should have their cybersecurity culture that is a cult- a culture that helps you to quality assure everything that you do from your impulse to your processes so that you achieve the best results at the end of the day so this quality assurance measures is not an event it's, it's just a process it keeps going on and then when anybody gets employed they are brought up to speed as to this, this is our culture this is what we do and then i spoke before about using technology to monitor people's uh, level of compliance and all that so there could be a way of logging these things and knowing people that are actually high adopters people that are always very good in uh, complying you know even those that encourage others to maintain the culture then if you if you have uh, maybe something that you could do, you could have you do it uh, monthly quarterly or yearly cyber security person of the year staff of the year of the month of the quarter and all that it will incorporate maybe you, you could actually you could even attach maybe plaques or certificates or even add money it will encourage because we will like encouragement everybody likes encouragement everybody likes to be, to be recognized so it will encourage others to try to meet up and overtake those that are always uh, receiving these awards and all that is also a way of uh, ensuring that you are able to sustain your culture 
the only way you can sustain your culture is to quality assure your entire system from what inputs are, are we giving what are the processes we carry out so that our outputs are also going to be quality if you are not having any quality assuring it then you, you, are, you are not able to measure how well you are doing as a, an establishment so cultures are not just instilled they are sustained so that the results will always be uniform and will always give you the best interesting now to tip number nine monitor and assess risk something has been on my mind should someone who is a cyber security expert be involved in this whole process now that this is tied to the monitoring and the assessing of risk because you know could someone in the company just be trained to run through this process or should a cybersecurity expert be brought in at the get-go and should the person also see the company through this whole process? Yeah, there are two things you can do. You can handle your cybersecurity risk assessment, cybersecurity monitoring and evaluation in-house and you can also release it out to a third party. There are so many firms that do these things. That is the core thing they do. They come in, they do all your assessments from vulnerability assessment to risk assessment to all levels of assessment, you know, and then you pay them, they come in, they, they, they monitor from their end whatever you do so there is going to be an api or you know that helps them to link into your system and monitor or you could do it in-house if you have the resources it's just for you to weigh your options what some small businesses do is they make use of maybe some open source tools to handle these things you know but then open source tools are good but then you should ensure that you have carried out your due diligence before you begin to use those resources of free free access tools to handle your risk assessments and all that or you could let it out to a third party it depends on what the business wants and also what they can afford now to the 10th tip the last tip here having a strong password policy i thought password no the whole password thing would just be in one of these but you had to separate it from and make it like one the last one why did you decide to have this on the list Uh, people don't understand how important having a password policy like writing it out like a policy in an establishment is you know that is why you still see people use the same passwords that they use for their social media accounts and their playthings and all those sites that they go for fun and for relaxation They, they still use it for their work related activities so it's actually so scary when people don't understand that a password is like a key is like if you use the same password you know across everywhere all these sites that you go to you know i i don't know there was a story i also read somewhere where a big firm was hacked because one of the directors used the same password he he uses at work to you know log into a site where he i think a casino or something i'm not very sure of but it was something that has to do with a realization something whether so but not knowing that he has been a target to this guy they've been following him trailing him following every, every of his activities so the moment he used that password there they just tried it out on their plan because they needed his password on on their in in his office network to escalate their own privileges and get to the point where they want to get to and start wrecking havoc so they followed him up they monitored him they checked on him everywhere he went where he went to buy things things he did so just that small mistake cost the company so much money so that is why every company should have a policy password policy you know make it like 
it's just like uh, ten commandments write it out for them let them know that if if anything happens and it's because of your carelessness and with the way you are you you use your passwords and all that and then you know if we if we are supposed to change our password every two weeks ensure that it is done it is there in, in the policy if something happens and then we, we run an uh, audit trail and then we find out that it's because someone didn't change their password okay maybe some uh, someone didn't change their password after two weeks then the person is uh, liable to be prosecuted and be, i know the issue can be escalated so there are so many things you know ensure also that you have multi-factor authentication because just having only password may not be enough because there are issues where you know the, uh, these passwords can be sniffed or you can fall victim to what we call brute force attack where they are able to guess what your, your password is but then there should also be multi-factor authentication using maybe biometrics depending on what you can afford biometrics or using otps or tokens and all that so Password policies is important to what we do in uh, cybersecurity. I tell people, recently I lost uh, a device and then I was so scared about, you know, my password being compromised because the device I lost had the number that I used to set up my two-factor authentication. So I just quickly had to block the number so that I'm only the one that has access because if someone has access to my, that uh, device where, you know, I have that number, you could actually try to log into my Gmail and then they tell you we have sent you the OTP and then you have the device with you. So that is how conscious we should be. I wasn't even bothered about the money in the bank because I needed to just secure that password because that password is key to every other thing that I'm doing. That particular password that I use for that particular email, which is the the key to every other thing I do. So the password policy thing, I had to make it a tip so that it's not embedded in anywhere, so that everybody understands how important these things are. It's part of what you do to sustain a cybersecurity culture, having a strong password policy, but we had to uh, put it in isolation so that it gets the attention that it actually deserves. There are some people who really do not understand what password policy would mean. It's just like giving weight to maybe a rule or a guideline that you have as an essay. As an, when something is a policy, it has been agreed on by whoever owns the establishment, whoever involved, and it's been put down it, and it has been signed and it has become a legal working document. That is the point. So if anything happens, we can actually go back to this uh, policy document to find out so-and-so person fell victim of this password policy number one that says that passwords should be changed every two weeks. And if this does not happen, this is the punishment that is going to accrue to whoever falls victim. That is how you, you prepare this uh, policy the document. It's a weighty document. It's not, it's not just like normal talk. These old people should be changing up your passwords. No. When you make it a policy, <laughs> it has become it has become a legal document that can stand against whoever falls short of what is written in that policy. Oh, that's a good way to end. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you for, you know, setting aside everything else to have this discussion with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Broadband and information technology are powerful factors in small businesses reaching new markets and increasing productivity and efficiency. However, businesses need a cybersecurity strategy to protect their own business, their customers, and their data from growing cybersecurity threats. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.